he is like, you can't treat my family this way. You can't act this way in my house. And Heathcliff's like, what are you going to do about it? Fight me, you little pansy. And he's like, that's not how gentlemen solve things. And Kathy's like, coward. And she's just like, egging him on like a total meanie. These two suck. They deserve each other, honestly. They do. They both suck. (laughs) Lillian, I hope you're not withering in this heat, but I will wither the uh, storm with you if you are. (laughs) Or weather. Who knows what it is. (laughs) Thank you all for coming here to this forced intro. Right before we started recording, I said to Piper, is it, am I saying it right? It's withering? And she goes, no, that's like, withering like withering away it's weathering and i'm like oh i've been saying it wrong and i'm gonna keep saying it wrong. <laughs> hey if we can go half of a entire podcast series calling a guy syrian when his name is kieran i think we're okay <laughs> we appreciate our listeners for sticking with us even though we're crazy Love you guys but it's a palate <laughs> cleanser episode and we put out a poll and you guys said you should see ralph fines and that french lady and so we said thanks because that's what piper wanted it anyway and so we watched it now we're talking about it weathering heights yes <laughs> weathering heights i love it um initial anything that you want to say before this is gonna be a buck wild recap oh my god um, but is. we are gonna do one yes we are i'm ready i have no no notes prepared but i can't wait to dive in i'm so excited let me get my timer up because um, once again, this was while I was watching it. I had very many moments of being like, "Oh no, what? Ah, don't do that!" <laughs> watch this. So, fun fact, listeners: I watched this with my girlfriend, and I do have a lot of notes that are <laughs> Emma's opinions, um, and they're gonna be good because they were good. amazing. The the only minor spoiler to our thoughts about it is um, at the end of the movie, she turns to me and goes, "What did?" What did we just watch? (laughs) Seriously. Okay. I am ready to recap if you are ready to time me. Okay. I'm ready when you are. Go ahead. Okay. So uh, Wuthering Heights uh, begins. We have a uh, a dad comes home to his castle and the kids are like, what did you bring us? A present? And he's like, how about a dirty urchin I found? He's going to be your new brother. Take that. And his name is now Heathcliff. So that's a normal thing to name people. And the elder brother doesn't <laughs> like the, the grubby, like angie little boy, but the girl really likes him. They have this strong bond. They become really good friends that eventually become adult friends who smooch in a little bed in a hidden room. <laughs> And maybe do more than that. It's hard to say uh, because he implies that they did more, but who knows? But either way, he is madly in love with her and she's like super like fascinated by him. It seems like he can do weird like this is the word they use gypsy gypsy magic (laughs) on like different things. But then uh, she's like, oh, let's just like our author, uh, Emily Bronte, go peep into windows. And they do and they get chased by dogs and she gets bit. So she has to get taken care of by this wealthy family. And then she comes back and she's like, oh, I don't want to hang out with my dirty friend anymore. I want to now like be a lady. And he's like, what? I thought you were going to be dirty with me forever. And she's like, no, I'm going to maybe marry this guy because he's got money. And she confesses that one night to a maid. And she's like, oh, 
I don't think Heathcliff will ever live up to my standards. So he runs off angrily in the rain. And then she's like, no, but actually I love him. And the maid's like, oh, he was here the whole time, but he only heard the first part and he got mad. Now he's gone. So then she marries that guy, even though she almost dies out of sadness. And then he comes back with the fortune and he's all like, I am broody and hot and not dirty anymore. And I'm going to make out with you. And she's like, no, I'm married. And then he's like, what if I seduce your sister-in-law? She's like, no, I'm jealous. But then she dies uh, in childbirth. And then like he becomes a real creep and is like, I'm going to seek my revenge on your children and be weird and creepy and abusive. And um, lots of other stuff happens. And in the end, uh, I don't actually remember. Does he die? Get <laughs> good, he dies. He sees, He doesn't get, he gets the redemption he does not deserve. He sees his, his love in the afterlife. Nope, should not have been waiting for him, ghost, because he did bad things to your daughter. Um, the end. <laughs> okay, that was two minutes and six seconds, and you didn't even cover everything. We talk about how wild a story Jane Eyre is. This is a wild this story. This is a very wild story. Also, I'm just going to put this out here up front and center. I guess if you romanticize Heathcliff, that's your own thing. I don't. At least not this version. He is a very Thank abusive, you. creepy man. Yes. Okay. This is literally, while we were watching this movie, I like Googled, do people like Heathcliff? <laughs> like, do, do people like romanticize Heathcliff? Um, and uh, the, literally the first post was someone on Reddit being like, Heathcliff is the ideal man. And I'm like, who? <laughs> Okay, so right after I finished watching it, I pulled up um, one of my favorite historical commentaries ever, which is the comic Hark Vagrant. If you haven't read it, you have to. She does amazing comic panels based on classic literature. And there's this one where she's like focusing on all the awful things that Heathcliff does. But then she like takes a moment to like, oh, but just so you know, he looked really hot. Because remember, this is a romance. And it's like, no, it's not. It's like, so here's what I knew about Wuthering Heights going in. Mm-hmm. I knew that the main characters were Kathy and Heathcliff. I knew they were famously not nice to each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I knew that it was like a very tragic romance where at the end, they're both dead. Gotcha. During this movie, the number of times I went, what is what is left to say? <laughs> like, what is going to happen now? And then it was like, well, Heathcliff has to do something buck wild. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to hate him more. You're talking about how Kathy dies like halfway through the film. And I was like, what? But how can she just be dead? There's so much movie left. Oh, because he's going to go off and do some wild shit. So I was watching this on my TV, not like usually I watch it on my computer. So I didn't even realize like it kept doing, we had to watch it with commercials, which was deeply jarring. (laughs) To just be like, what? Is he beating his wife? Do you need... (laughs) air because you can't breathe because of asthma and i'm like i need air because i can't breathe because that's wild oh my gosh let's um yeah let's start at the beginning because there's so much to unpack here so first of all this version i don't know if if this is how the novel is written or if other versions do this but this version begins at kind of the end um when everything is sad and dark and gloomy uh a new tenant is like lost in the moors and he goes to find Heathcliff the landlord at his spooky castle and he and everyone there is weird about well, it well yeah because they're all like um you just walked in in like a domestic abuse situation like send help and he's like I'm just going to sit by the fire and I'll sleep in this chair if you won't give me a place to sleep and they're like the spooky girl in the corner is like sleep in this room no one ever goes in there and he's like sounds legit <laughs> thanks <laughs> um but yeah he sees uh the ghost of Kathy 
happy. Uh, and she pulls him through the glass, which was that thing that was described in that documentary about like, you know, getting all bloody on the glass in the window. And they're like, how did she think to write something so dark? And it's like, cause she's a lonely girl who has dark thoughts. It's easy. Come on. Yeah. It's like she went to a cool old spooky house and went, this would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, it also makes, I'm a little bit Charlotte Bronte in the Emily movie where I would walk in and be like, what the hell was that? Like, damn girl. How dare you write this? I'm going to cry and sit on the floor. <laughs> I do recognize that I know I sound like Lillian episode one of Air Buds <laughs> hating Jane Eyre. Mm -hmm. I can understand this is art mm -hmm. that I don't get. I <laughs> We talk a lot about Jane Eyre adapt. Like some Jane Eyre adaptions are like meant for people who know, like us who already know the story. Mm -hmm. I got the vibe this was meant for people who already know the story of Wuthering Heights. Maybe. The number of times that I went, this is crazy. And you're just sort of booping around. <laughs> and there is not a cohesive narrative in parts of this. <laughs> Which I'm sure I genuinely believe Wuthering Heights is a great book. Mm -hmm. So I'm not arguing that. I'm arguing that it's insane. Yeah. No, I have no problems with this. It was a buck wild ride. I I don't personally like swoon over Heathcliff by any means because this guy's a monster. <laughs> um, but I think it was a good kind of like, whoa, edgy kind of thriller, scary, dark story. So, yes. yeah. The first quote that I wrote down was Emily Bronte in the opening, like you were talking about, says that the story's, quote, not a smile at any part of it. <laughs> Yeah, Fair. accurate. She knows. I, you. She told us right up front. <laughs> um, yeah, my first note is that Emily Bronte, classically, once again, portrayed by a supermodel, very gorgeous, yes. Yep, just walks into this old abandoned castle and is like, I saw some names on some gravestones and I'm going to write a spooky story of what I think happened here, which, cool, yeah. down for it, nice. I love yeah. that the house literally looks like a spooky castle. Yeah. It was... Uh, so the exterior, I have to imagine, like maybe it was an actual building that they used, but I think they added a lot of um, like fake stuff to the outside to make it look this way. But so it was kind of like it looked sort of like a set, but I liked that about it. Mm -hmm. It gave it kind of this cool sort of it's not quite the real world kind of feeling. So I liked that kind yeah. of setting. That was nice. Very romantic, very gothic. Mm -hmm. And when I say romantic here, I don't mean like <laughs> romantic. I mean like romantic era spooky. The the kind of romantic we used to talk about in literature classes mm -hmm. that I was like, oh, so there's going to be kissing. And they were like, no, there's going to be tears. <laughs> Somebody's going to stare at a tree for a really long time and talk about how they're that tree. And it's not going to be a good thing. <laughs> we, the dad brings home this dirty little kid mm -hmm. and he's like this is your sibling now because i guess i am yep. i don't know if that's the story trying to say oh at one point like this was like the perfect happy family and this the leader of the house was so charitable that he would bring in orphans and raise them as his own Did, is that kind of the impression I got the you vibe got? i got the vibe that like the dad may or may like it was not clear if it was like a good thing that the dad did this because there's ways i feel like it's very there's ways to interpret that as like, <laughs> this man found a child and did kidnap him, um, kind of, because, but he did it in a white savior way where he's like, but your life is sad um, and you're outside all the time and kind of dirty. So being in my house will be better. And then my favorite thing was how they set up, like, he just set that kid up to fail right away because <laughs> he was like, this is my favorite now. And his son was like, um... Challenge accepted. Uh, so you think I suck? <laughs> it's like, okay, I could make this kid's life a living hell. 
And then just immediately the narrator is like, um, the bad news was his life being good was only guaranteed by this man living. And then like cut to funeral. Mm-hmm. Like there were so many like cuts like that where it's like, um, but this will be fine until the dad dies funeral. Mm-hmm. But Kathy's going to come back and she won't have changed that much. Kathy has changed 100%. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the uh, the brother who hates his new adoptive uh, brother Heathcliff is like, yeah, my dad's dead. So you're a servant now. I hate you. Classic Cinderella, you know. <laughs> Classic Cinderella move. Um, so he's like, go live in the soot, in the pantry. Um, bye. And But he and, uh, <laughs> he and Kathy, they run off together all the time. They're riding horses. They're smooching in that little bed um okay let's talk Can about we that talk about that smooching in the bed scene yeah. mm-hmm. they totally like were at least fooling around to some extent here's here's the like here's the reason why she was giving him a hand job mm-hmm. that's what was happening okay in that bed. tell me <laughs> first of all she's describing how it feels like a tree <laughs> yes and how the outside is this very soft bark oh my god and then they they are showing just their faces as they're like really close, like they're gonna kiss. And then she says, "It's my turn." Yeah, you're right. They're totally just doing hand jobs. Nice, cool. <laughs> in the and that was like in like that little room was in like essentially like a cupboard situation with a cross on the door, where the preacher used to come in and like read them scripture stuff. Yeah. Like that's what that room yeah. is. They're just doing their ultimate rebellion. They're like, what if we do hand jobs in the holy room? <laughs> <laughs> Which then like the the priest or bishop or whatever, once again, we're not familiar with the terms of these people, the parson. <laughs> we have the listen, rabbi. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of things we've learned and we will continue to learn. But we're not gonna learn the titles of religious figures from the 1840s. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, the rabbi comes in and he's like, stop fooling around in here. <laughs> Knock it off. And they're like, tee and they run off. So oh. yeah. <laughs> they are always laughing and getting into trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, they seem just like very happy kids who need a bath, but who cares? <laughs> Even though uh, Heathcliff is a total monster and I do not support him in any way. Ralph Fiennes, in my straight girl opinion, was yummy as heck. He was very dark and broody, always having his shirt open. He's all covered in the appropriate amount of attractive dirt and smudge. And his dark, gloomy eyes with his black hair sometimes in his face. And he's like, ooh, I'm like that guy in the cover of your romance novels. And Kathy's like, I know. Truly, like, something that we were watching it and... Emma said that he looked like the guy from The Last of the Mohicans, yeah. which I hadn't seen. And then she pulled up a picture and they look exactly the same. That movie also came out in 1992. Nice. Well, they knew it was hot in the 90s for period dramas, yeah. which, by the way, the guy in The Last of the Mohicans is the one and only Daniel Day-Lewis, king Daniel Day of Lewis. acting. Mm-hmm. So. so, yeah, <laughs> two great, two truly fantastic actors um, who are just like sort of like overly tan, long hair <laughs> and have like... A light sheen of dirt and sweat on at all times. Yes. Yeah. Um, and listen, I don't have to really like that to understand right. the appeal of totally. That. Yeah. So uh, there, it seems a lot that like for the most part in the beginning, anyway, that Heathcliff, though he's like kind of edgy and broody and weird, a lot of the stuff that is like kind of bad or breaking the rules, Kathy's kind of the one like instigating it. Yeah. yeah. So she's the one who's like, you know, making them giggle and get in trouble when they're supposed to be reading Bibles. She's the one who's like, look at that fancy house. Let's go peep in. 
And yeah, I get the impression they're like playing footsie under the table. Like they're so in this together. Mm -hmm. But you can't blame the pretty white girl. No, of course not. The pretty white girl can't be at fault for this. Mm -hmm. There's so many things I want to reference from these comic panels that I was reading from Hark of Vagrant. But like (laughs) in one of them, after they've been like chased down by the dogs from like trespassing and like peeping on these people's lives um kathy falls and the dogs are there she's like run heathcliff save yourself and a guy's like oh no a beautiful damsel has been wounded and heathcliff is there and he's like he's like don't hurt her and he's like ew a gross dirty man attack him get him out of here so they do they take him off i feel like kathy and heathcliff are like it's that crush in high school thing where you like get to sit next to your crush and so you're distracting the class mm-hmm. and then you're do you're you're going off and doing all these things and like you're getting in trouble but like it was so harmless. Like, even their little hand stuff is, like, so harmless. <laughs> well, forget It's gross the that she adoptive, said he was her brother yeah, many times. Brother situation. If you put that to the side. <laughs> <laughs> Which normally, okay, that was the thing I said in a previous episode that I was hesitant about because I do not like the adopted siblings falling in love trope. If they've been, mm. like, raised together since infancy, that is still the same thing as being a sibling a normal sibling. Yeah. So no, that's gross and crosses lines. The fact I guess that they met when they were like 10 is like slightly different. Well, and you kind of get I kind of get the vibe at least that like it's immediate romantic crush situation never and had he sibling feelings. and like yeah, yeah, and it's and also just like he as much as she wants to she thinks of him as like as close and as intimate as a sibling like and I mean that in not the sexy way. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think no one else treats him. Like, even their dad doesn't really treat him like he's the same as everyone else because he doesn't get money. He doesn't get education. He doesn't get, like, he gets some of those things, but not really. Mm-hmm. Um, but they go, they have a scene that where they go out onto the moors mm-hmm. Um, and I think, does it immediately follow handjob scene? I think so. Yeah. They run off and they're okay. like, let's go sit on this really cool area of rocks and look at this. Tree. Yes. Very, very, the landscape in this movie is like very cool. It does have a little, there are moments that are very almost like that magical realism where I'm like, is this a set or is that just England's weird? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, but they're looking at a tree and the tree is a metaphor for Heathcliff. Um, well, it's where he goes to and brood. yes, um, which we all need a brooding yeah. tree. Um, but they're, they're looking at something across the way and somehow Heathcliff like makes some birds start calling out her name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he also like makes her stand up and he's like, close your eyes. If when you open your eyes, you see sunny skies, your life will be full of happiness. And if you open your eyes and you see storm clouds, then things will be bad. And so he's like, open your eyes. And at the first she looks one way and it's all sunny. And she's like, wow, awesome. I can't wait to have this happy life probably with you. And then they like turn around and there's like a big dark storm looming behind them. And they're like, we defy you storm. You don't, you're not the boss of us. But it's like, yeah, no, life knows things will be shit from here on out (laughs) it's just yeah it's just sort of wild um the it's very much like it's one of those things where like watching that scene I was like I bet this was really cool in the book Mm -hmm. and it's just not hitting home for me (laughs) 
So let's jump ahead because um, Kathy gets like, you know, diamonds in her eyes after living at this fancy Mm -hmm. house and been giving all these dresses and hanging out with these fancy people. What did you think of the Lintons in general? The rich, fancy people? Um, I don't know. They felt like average whatever, like kind of boring, upper class English folk. Harmless, boring, rich white people was kind of the vibe I got from them where it's like, yes, your existence as part of this system is probably bad. But I don't know that you've necessarily done anything specifically bad. Um, yeah, I don't know. And it's like the, Heathcliff seems to hate them I think, for what they have. Yeah, I think he's jealous of, you know, their fancy uh, affluent lifestyle. But also he mostly just hates the brother because the girl has like, you know, goo-goo eyes for him. And he's like, I will kill I think- you. How dare you look at Kathy? <laughs> I think he hates I think he hates them not for what they have but because Kathy wants what they have and he's like Like, that's the vibe I got from mm -hmm. him it's like because the first thing he says when they're looking through that window is like I don't care about any of this why would anyone care about any of this like I'm so glad I grew up with you and not with this Mm -hmm. and Kathy was like I don't know nice stuff seems nice and he's like maybe I hate you and them (laughs) (laughs) um so she she and the sister come back in that little carriage, which I thought they looked so funny. They're like Hilarious. fully reclined in this little clamshell, like bouncing, bouncing down he the road. He's very upset. Mm-hmm. The whole three months she's gone, he's mad at her for not reaching out to him. Mm-hmm. He's like, not a text? Yeah, seriously. You couldn't call me? Which I guess like I, I can sympathize. Like you're gone three months and you don't send one letter to your best friend. Like... Yeah, that, that does hurt. And in the meantime, he's getting in a lot of trouble, mm-hmm. right? Like he's being blamed for this whole situation. He's not he's been told not to talk to her anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and in his head, like they're meant for each other and his whole world is her. Yeah. And uh, and that's in case anyone's wondering, that's why your whole world can't be someone yeah, else. It's not healthy. Also, it's bad. First immensely horrible giant red flag is when she returns and he's talking with her and he's all like mad and stuff and she's trying to pretend like nothing happened and everything's the same. Yeah. He tells the story about how he found a bird's nest. Oh my and God. And he put metal mesh over the top of it so the mother birds couldn't feed their babies and he let the baby birds die. And he says to her, if you had come back, I would have removed that thing. It's like, okay, he's torturing and killing animals. First sign of a psychopath. Yeah. Um, that was truly like we cannot we cannot emphasize enough how like not romantic not cute nope. like it's not it's not a fun time like he if he was like there's no point in those birds living if i can't share that with you that is not romantic no no it's not <laughs> it is very twisted um, and messed up <laughs> Truly, I'm like bringing that up at different points. I was like, please never do that to me. And she's like, but he murdered a gaggle of birds for her. <laughs> Amazing. She's like, Lillian, I would kill baby birds for you. <laughs> it's like, I was like, I'm totally, I'm totally honest with you. If you murdered baby birds, I would bring up with you. Um, not right away. First, we'd get you checked out. I'd get you into an asylum and then I would leave you forever. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to lock you in the attic. I'm not just going to abandon you. Be fine. I'll get a lady to care for you 
I will say, so fun fact, my girlfriend's a therapist. Uh, yes. And it's very fun watching this movie with a therapist. Amazing. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, okay. The other hilarious thing that he did, which I it's just so funny. This is like, first thing was horrifying and scary. Second thing was mm-hmm. just like, okay, this is really obsessive behavior, which is really unhealthy. But also just the way he approached it was hilarious. She's hanging out in the kitchen with the maid and... Heathcliff comes in and he like throws down this piece of paper and she's like, what's this? Oh my God. This is also creepy. And he like (laughs) opens it up and he's like, here are all the days that you spent time with other people. And here are the days that you spent time with me. See how my days are so much smaller than other people's days. And I think his intention is to be like, look, look how much I care. But it's like, dude, this is obsessive and creepy. You're tracking my comings and goings. This is not attractive. Well, and it's like she comes – the vibe I get is like she comes home being like, I had this great time and like my best friend is here and like I'm like seeing the world for the first time and I can't wait to like talk to him about it. Um, And it's one of those things where it's like you are so up in your feelings, my guy. Like you are so obsessed with your own jealousy, which Emma did call from the very first second she was left at that house. (laughs) Um, You're so obsessed with your own jealousy that you can't get over yourself to just like be with this person like she just like if someone gets so mad at you spending time with other people like to me that's just as much of a red flag as killing birds um, killing birds <laughs> is like and also usually you used to spend look at this calendar seven days with me <laughs> now it's four Yikes. what is that about Yikes. Warning, I, warning. Listen, I noticed that sometimes you seem happy when I'm not in the room. No. And I know this because I'm staring through the window at you with dramatic eyes crying. <laughs> okay, so here are some thoughts about that. I know that there are certain like romance tropes where like a certain level of like possessiveness and obsession mm-hmm. is like super hot and sexy. I totally get that. Like if the guy, if the male antagonist or whoever, if the love interest like is the right person for you and then they're like having those those traits within you know your fiction Mm -hmm. story yeah i get being like oh yeah and then he wouldn't let me see anybody else because he loved me so much i'm so into it and it's like sure yeah okay whatever this guy does not do that for me so therefore i see these things i'm like oh girl no and that's where that's where like i feel like there's certain lines, because we've talked about this with rochester before right Mm -hmm. where it's like there's lines where if you play it one way or you play it the other way like he goes from charming to creepy. Yeah. I feel like there's no way to play Heathcliff murdering birds that's not creepy. I feel like there's Seriously. no way to play Heathcliff beating his wife that's not terrible. Yes. Like, there's no way you can tell me this story unless they took wild and unnecessary liberties to tell this story. Mm-hmm. You can't, there's no redeeming way to frame what he's doing. Yeah. No, I honestly think this story is not meant to be. I don't think the story is meant for you to go in and fall completely in love with Kathy and Heathcliff and be like, everything he does is forgiven mm-hmm. because it's true love. They're soulmates. They're meant to be together, yin and yang. I think you're meant to go in and be like, this is messed up, but fascinating. And I'm hooked. Yeah. And I, yeah. if they're happy, I guess. But wow, I think that's kind of the goal. Well, and they're not happy. Right. Like, I think it's sort of the what if circumstances are set up so that you keep hurting each hurting the person you love the most in the world mm-hmm. just over and over again you keep hurting them yeah 
Because he, she comes back and he starts hurting her right away. Mm-hmm. And he's doing it because he was hurt that she was gone. Yeah. But then, like, her response to that calendar thing, which is creepy and bad, was also, instead of saying, like, hey, man, I'm trying to have a life and be happy. And it kind of bums me out that you're trying to demand my time. Mm-hmm. Instead, she says, um, it's not company <laughs> at all when people know nothing and say nothing. Yeah, she's just like being mean to him and chastising him and poking a very obvious poking serial killer. At wounds, <laughs> poking at the wounds that she knows she knows where to hurt him. Like they know each other well enough to know how to hurt each other. Yeah. Like he knows that when she's happy and giggling and like finding the world hilarious, mm-hmm. calling her like silly and calling her out and saying what you're doing is bad and dumb and you're bad and dumb is where when to hurt her. Yeah. And it's like the things they used to have together, they used to turn against each other to create this pain. And I think you're right. What an interesting commentary on love. Mm-hmm. It's um, like a but toxic romance. Damn. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, at this point in the story, because I, I just kept like writing down kind of predictions of where I thought this was going to go. Um, I was like, okay, this feels like the start of a horror film. And he's going to snap at some point very soon. He's going to start like meticulously killing off her suitors and then he's going to trap her in this house and force her to be with him that's what i thought was going to happen next and not terribly far off (laughs) i didn't anticipate him disappearing um but once he did so shortly after this i have some i'll I'll share my predictions later um because shortly after this uh she comes back from being with edgar linton um, and tells, doesn't know that Heathcliff is in the room, but then is it Nellie? Is that her I name? Think so the maid, uh, the only sane person in this whole movie. Yeah. Everyone around her is batshit crazy. And she keeps just doing the laundry, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <okay. laughs> doing her best. <laughs> the whole thing, the whole story. She just keeps being like, listen, these people had a rough time. It's been tough. I have had a job through the whole thing, so I feel good about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, this place seems like a wasteland that only has, like, one spooky castle and one fancy mansion and nothing in between. So she's like, if I don't live with one of these psychos, I'm going to die on the moors. So I guess I'm here. She goes in and she's talking to Nellie about it. Nellie knows that Heathcliff is there, but she does not. Mm -hmm. And she says that he asked him to marry, that Mr. Edgar asked her to marry him. And she's like, what do you think? She says she's going to. And he's like, she's, Nellie's essentially being like, why would you do that like you're you're so in love with Heathcliff like it's so obvious why would you do this and she says it would degrade me to marry Heathcliff now that he has uh he has been so low and then she goes like that's the moment that Nellie tells us he leaves Mm -hmm. and then she goes on to describe um her love for Linton is like the foliage in the woods with time it will change my love for Heathcliff is like the eternal rocks beneath Mm -hmm. which like great line No, totally. Killer, yeah. killer job. Mm-hmm. Terrifying truth to say out loud. <laughs> Seriously. But I love that, like, yeah, she says this and he goes off running into the rain, just like, maybe my girl doesn't like me anymore. I will seek revenge. Boo-hoo-hoo. And the maid, Nellie, is like, ooh, yeah, he was listening, but he only heard the part where you said he sucked and he's not good enough. <laughs> She's like, And she, what? like, also goes running out into the rain and he's like, why wouldn't you... As oh, you want you what a bad friend. Yeah, Nellie, come on, man. <laughs> like she's being a bad friend to Kathy, but she's also being a bad friend to Heathcliff. Mm-hmm. Cause that's brutal. Yeah. Like Kathy just wants to sit and talk to her friend about this new crush that she has. Yeah. 
Um, and instead of like being able to have a safe conversation about that, she loses the man she loves. You know what I can relate this to? Um, so <laughs> if I'm ever uh, like talking to someone and I'm doing an activity here at the house and I'll be like, oh, I'm just going to put this mm-hmm. on speakerphone so I can use my hands and continue with my activity. And like Sam's in the room. Um, yeah. Like I'll be like, OK, so yeah, let's keep talking and stuff like that. Sam always makes the point to jump in. He's like, just, so you know, I'm here, too. Like people should know that exactly. someone else is on the phone. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's nice of you. Yeah. Sam's here, too. Like she should have been like, oh, uh, you are on speakerphone. Just so you know. <laughs> Yeah, it's like if you call somebody and you're on speakerphone with somebody else in the room, like, it's not even sketchy to say like, hey, just so you know, somebody's here. Like, that would be the first thing that I would say. Right. If you walked into a room, um, and Sam was hiding behind in the corner, um, and you were like, hey, guess what just happened to me? Someone else asked me. To marry You'd be them. like, whoa, hey, you should I would be like, Sam's in the corner. Be like, hello, I'm over here. I'd be like, oh, and I said no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so she runs after him. Presumably, she gets pneumonia from the rain, and then also gets super depressed. And it's uh, she's just yeah. like sitting by the fire, ready to die. But then Mr. Linton is like, what if you married me instead of giving up your life? And she's like, I guess sure. Yeah, let's do that. And I and it's very capital R romantic, the little monologue that she goes on about what her life without Heathcliff is like, mm-hmm. because I think it's it's a really interesting idea to be like, I looked like I recovered. I looked like I was happy, but I never really was. Yeah. I was sort of a, a shell of myself, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting. Again, in life... I don't think a person should ever be that important to you. Any person, Mm -hmm. friend, family, like no one should be that critical to your ability to exist Mm -hmm. on the planet. Not just because it's bad for you, but like that's bad for everyone. Like that is – you can't have something external be that critical to your being. Right. But – that's not the point of whether <laughs> this is a gothic romance where everyone yeah. love each other so hard that they hurt everyone else around them. <laughs> yes. uh, so quick um, bonnet watch shout out because mm. when she is now married uh, with to the Mr. Linton and is like riding horses with her sister-in-law, that hat. Woo. I loved it. Big, beautiful brim. The feathers are just like flowing and gorgeous. So big fan of that hat. Just got to say that. Yeah. I think, I just think in general, like, Kathy is so interesting because the piece of Kathy that I relate to is having good hats. No. Um, <laughs> we both love hats. There's this type of, not to bum everyone out, there's this type of depression that is so what I experience where like it's very internal, like it's very private to you. Like people have this idea that depression looks like somebody with a lot of eyeliner crying all the time. (laughs) Sometimes that's how it is. But other times it's you smiling and laughing and just sort of feeling hollow and empty on the inside. And you don't really want to bring people into that world. And so you just keep smiling and laughing. Um, And maybe none of your friends know that you're depressed. (laughs) I get the impression that that's what Kathy is doing during this period is like, she's being very much that way. Which around this time in the movie when Heathcliff comes back, is when Emma uh, really changed the whole situation for me by saying that he needed emo guy liner. Yes. And I couldn't stop picturing it. <laughs> well, they didn't, so they didn't necessarily go heavy on the guy liner, but they definitely had some like eyeshadow, like to kind of like darken for under sure. those brooding brows. Cause he has these immensely green, like clear green eyes, which are so pretty. And they really pop with whatever dark makeup they were putting around him. It's so wild to me. And I have to, um, 
Like this boy. This is the boy that he was. I mean, he kind of looked like that already throughout most of the film. But you but he just needed that, that extra. He needed that eyeliner yeah. and it would have really driven home cuz that's it was the aesthetic he was missing. So that's my feelings on it. Um perhaps when we uh, do our own movie adaptation of Wuthering Heights, we'll have a scene where after he runs away, he stops and he like grabs some soot from the fire and he just rubs it on his eyes and then he's like, "Now I'm a new man. The darkness is me and I am the darkness." <laughs> incredible um, i think Let's also now is a good point a good time to mention another like kind of big thought that i had when we were talking about uh the emily bronte movie and about how you were saying you were kind of angry that a guy who wrote this you know was like oh she has to have had some big passionate love affair to write mm-hmm. a story like this and i'm like no here's a fun fact for you Pretty much every lonely young girl in the world can write a story like this because we all feel like dramatic and alone and want some brooding evil hunk to come and take us away. Like I had, I had this guy in my imagination when I was like, I had a lot of imaginary, very significant love affairs. Yeah. yeah. Um, So. Um, but yeah, yeah, okay, so he comes back and they're all like, oh, wow, you look like you've done well for yourself. His clothes are simply not dirty. They don't look exuberantly wealthy, <laughs> in my opinion. He also got a vest. He got a vest. He got himself a vest. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but, uh, okay, I also saw um, in a commentary thing I was looking at afterwards, it's like, we're just assuming, like, how did he get his wealth? It's like, crimes, probably, right? He just went off and, like, did some crimes to, like... well. And like, that's it. Yeah. So for sure, crimes, (laughs) he's asked about how he made it. And he just keeps saying yes, 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 which like fun, cool, cool job guy. (laughs) Um, He can join that terrible podcast that we talked about with our terrible podcast boys. Um, But uh, yeah, he comes back. He's very upset. Kathy is like elated. Mm -hmm. Um, He is still very angry um, because he did not go to therapy. (laughs) Well, he did. Like, this part of the movie is kind of a Count of Monte Cristo. Like, he's like, I Mm -hmm. am Edmund Dantes now, uh, and I am here to, like, involve myself in your life and then ruin everything for you. Yeah. And he decides that the person he's going to ruin is Kathy. So it's like, I thought I was not surprised that he bought... Weathering Heights. Mm. Like, I was not surprised that he was the person doing the debt there. And that is to say that he I, bought the estate, the house, not yes. the... He got fourth wall break. He's like, I own this movie now. <laughs> this is my movie now. He, like, turns and looks at the camera and is like, I'm the producer of Weathering Heights. And that's how I got Kathy back. <laughs> um, but it's like, I think the the problem... There's a lot of problems there, but it's like, he doesn't... He wants her to realize that she wants him, mm-hmm. and then he wants to take everything away from her and her husband. He's very petty. And it's like, that's not fun. Yeah. It's not a fun life to live. Like, this is not... I've just never been a huge, like, let's do revenge, girly. <laughs> and I just, like, watch that and, like, I don't even think it's the best revenge. It's, like, the best thing to do is just go live your life well, and if that makes other people angry, like, cherry on top. Yeah. But, like... In fact, stop thinking about them is the best revenge. That, like, not care what they do is the best revenge. Isn't that what Nelly says at some point? Like, the best revenge is a life well lived. He comes back. He unabashedly like flirts with her in the drawing room in front of her husband and sister in law. The sister in law is like, "Wow, look at this brooding hunk! I am so in love with this guy. Love it. We love a broken man." 
Um, and so she's like, I think I'm in love with Heathcliff. And if you would only let us be together, then that would be great and everything would be wonderful. And Kathy's like, dude, he's only like making you, he's only flirting with you to make me jealous. Very petty kind of like girl drama stuff. Um, but he like goes on and full on makes out with her while she's trying to, you know, have a hawk uh, hobby. <laughs> where she. <laughs> Lots birds of Which prey fly off all? and come back. What is that called? Falconry. She's like, please, I'm just trying to do my falconry. And he's like, but what if we made out? And I was also really angry and mean to you at the same time. So the hawk thing, does that happen before or after the terrifying conversation in the room uh, where they lock the door? Oh, yes. I think that happens first um where okay. yeah yes, yes kathy yes. is a big bitch and is super mean and because she's like i know you have a crush on him let's make you confront him right now ha 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 and like it's just a total bully the sister's like please oh my god i'm so embarrassed i don't want to no don't make me do this and they're both just being mean to her and laughing at her it's i think it's after that shortly after that that the husband comes in the room mm-hmm. and says something like tries to tell heathcliff some like is essentially reprimanding heathcliff yeah. And then we see the two of them turn their venom on someone else. Mm-hmm. And it's brutal. Yeah. He is like, you can't treat my family this way. You can't act this way in my house. And Heathcliff's like, what are you going to do about it? Fight me, you little pansy. And he's like, that's not how gentlemen solve things. And Kathy's like, coward. Ba-bock, ba-bock. And she's just like, egging him on like a total meanie. These two suck. They deserve she's, each other, honestly. They do. They both suck. <laughs> um... And, and Kath, like, this is where, like, imagine that he's only seen, like, laughing, happy Kathy. And then this guy shows up and she's like, actually, he can beat the shit out of you. And, like, they're suddenly, like, the same psycho team. Um, And he's just like, you know what? I think, Heathcliff, you might be the problem. Which, like, to be fair, from the outside, that's what it looks like, is that this gentle white girl was corrupted by this man, where it's like, I think the point is, like, that darkness lived in her always, mm-hmm. and he's just the only one who can, like, hear and see that also. Yeah, it's like I said, I was like, I thought we were going to be dirty together forever. It's like, if only. <laughs> it sounds like the perfect life for you two. <laughs> they could just be dirty and evil and live under a tree on the moors. Yeah. So all of these things are happening. And then where you kind of were talking about continuity before, I felt like all of a sudden, Kathy's like giving birth. And I was like, whoa, time jump? That didn't seem very clear to be. She's like, Heathcliff has to leave and the husband won't let her, like, let him back in. Because, like, I think we're supposed to think that's like some terrible thing that has happened. (laughs) I'm like, no, that's the only reasonable solution in this situation. Like, he is not equally bad to Heathcliff because he's like, you can't go hang out with the person you abused me with. Yeah, no. Like, I'm going to lock you in the attic. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? It's, yeah, it's so bad. So, yeah. So, sh- suddenly she's giving birth. Um, and then, like, around the exact same time, Heathcliff, like, takes advantage of the sister's crush on him and is like, let's elope. I'm going to go ruin you. Like, literally, so they run off together. And I think it's, like, after Kathy gives birth, she has kind of, like, a voice across the moor moment where, like, she's, like, talking to the air and then he's at some, again, uh, I don't, it's a gypsy camp. I don't know what else to call it for that it would be in the yeah. context of this movie. Like, they're taking a break to get some supplies before they continue running away, him and the sister that he's kidnapped or convinced mm-hmm. to come with him. Um, and it's like he kind of like stops and hears her for a moment, but he's like, nah, I'm going to keep on with this awful plan, takes her away and they get married. It's just, yeah, the whole thing is like just sort of weird. 
it does Kathy give birth before she goes to see him with his new wife, her sister-in-law? Um, good question. Because yeah, I feel like the her giving birth, like that's part of like what why she dies. I think she gets like she's like too ill to So I think she might he might do that and then she goes and sees him and then she gives birth and then he goes to see her. Okay. Yeah. So it's like he sneaks out to she sneaks out to go see right. him. He has married her sister in law. Mm-hmm. Without that didn't happen before the fight. Guys, this is a weird story. It is hard to keep the timeline straight. Seriously. But at some point he goes, the moment that I went, oh, you're an irredeemable nightmare person, was when she shows up and he is clearly beating his wife. Yes. Yeah. And, and his wife is like, "I my only joy will be to die before he inherits. Yeah. No, it's horrifying. And, like, I literally have, like, an all caps here, just, like, he's beating her. And I'm like, okay, no, no, this is not a love interest anymore. This is a full-on... Heathcliff is not on the same page as Rochester. Because Rochester, like, the things leading up to that, I'm like, maybe, like, this is a maybe for a Rochester. But I'm not saying you can't think that Rochester would have beaten someone. But that's where things like saying I wouldn't be cruel to her, because even though they said that was the only way to keep her in line. Like, that's where it's like, okay. He's objectively better mm-hmm. than Heathcliff. Nope. I'm taking that stance too. Yeah. So beating the wife, doing all kinds of awful shit. I think, yeah, because of complications of childbirth and also just her being heartbroken and stuff. Kathy's like, yep, I'm on my deathbed. And he comes in to see her. They make out. They say a bunch of stuff. There's a moment earlier, like around that same time when she's like in her sick bed where she kind of wakes up. And she sees Nellie, but she thinks Nellie is Heathcliff. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole thing. And and this is just the, why you should watch movies with a therapist, which is, <laughs> Emma let me know. She goes, maybe she's getting schizophrenia. I'm like, what? And she goes, early 20s is when people get schizophrenia. <laughs> and this is how it would happen. And she like explained schizophrenia to me. And I was like, dark. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> but then Kathy dies, and I was just like, okay, we're two-thirds of the way through the movie. How will this continue? Yeah. But then uh, there's, like, a scene where he goes out to brood, and he essentially, like, summons her ghost. He's like, I forbid you from moving on. You must stay here and be with me and, like, wander the plains, and I condemn you to, like, a ghost life and all this random stuff. Well, and he's like, don't forgive me. Don't be in peace. Like, be so angry with me that you don't leave. Yeah. Which, like, team me would have loved that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that expression of love of, like, I love you so much that I, ca- I would rather you hate me and stay here mm-hmm. than leave, leave me because then – and be indifferent. And it's like, I just want to be super clear. I'd rather you leave if you're going to hate me. <laughs> no, it's very much the dramatic gothic romance of it all. Um, so Oof. my biggest outcry moment in watching this entire thing, so I was already like, okay, I'm anti Heathcliff. I'm just curious to see what's going to happen next. But then they did that good old, uh, time jump and her daughter is 18 and she is played by the same actress and looks just like her. And then we have a shot of her like frolicking by a river and then Heathcliff is there looking down at her. And I'm just like, oh no, it's like, oh God, like don't pursue the daughter. Don't pursue the daughter. I was so worried that he was like going to groom her and like try to be romantic with the daughter of his dead love oh which like he sort of gives that vibe like the whole thing is gross it's all gross i just immediately was very worried about that um but don't worry guys uh 
He doesn't pursue the daughter. He just tricks her into two cousin fucking situations. Yeah. He's like, it's like, hey, here's, oh my God, this too. Okay. So like, okay. So first of all, a little more context. Kathy's older brother like gets into debt. We totally skipped this yes, part. Yes, Kathy's older brother gets into debt. He like essentially has to sell Wuthering Heights. Um, uh, mean guy buys it. Heathcliff buys it from him. But he's like, you can stay on as maids and servants, just like you did to me, you and your son. Um, the son whose mother died also in also childbirth. In childbirth, classic. Um, but so then that that guy dies, and oh my god, what a scene that is when the elder brother passes away and we're at the funeral and then as soon as the like the priest finishes his prayers and everyone starts to leave Heathcliff kneels down in front of the little boy and he's like you're mine now and it's just like oh god this is all so gross and weird and it's like I because I did like google this like he does think of Heathcliff like a father Heathcliff really thinks of him like himself Mm. but like it's just the weirdest relationship yeah. all of the relationships in this are pretty They're weird toxic. like the most normal people are the lintons and everyone else is like and again like the only person who remains sane and just still hangs out with these people is nelly who's like a check is a check yeah. <laughs> so heathcliff has raised um the essentially okay so kathy dies her daughter is named Catherine, which again makes it creepy when he takes her in and starts being interested in her um so heathcliff raises Catherine's cousin as his son but then also Mm -hmm. there's this other guy who so like he raises him the way he was raised right so he is kind of like a stable hand like he's cleaning up after the house he's the hot dirty one who's all muscular and shirtless and yeah digging up and he's always and heathcliff is always like doing the same things that the dad did to him but like i don't it's just very bizarre yeah. it's just a very bizarre situation and then heathcliff has his actual son which i believe is who the girl that he convinced to run away and marry him who he yeah. then abused i think she gave birth to this guy yes okay um and he was off at school in london in london and he heathcliff made him come back mm-hmm. And he's a very soft white boy. Yes, he's a very soft boy. And it's hilarious because there's literally a moment because you know that both of these, they're both attractive dudes and they're around yeah. the same age as Catherine. <laughs> quotes was great. Piper did air quotes. Yeah. They're important. Yeah, no, it is important. Um, But then, so it's obvious there's a scene where all three of them are in a scene together and you're supposed to be like, oh, love triangle. I wonder who she's going to go with. Will it be the hot muscular guy who's got his shirt off and is doing yard work and is gruff and has a dark past? Or Will it be the sickly little boy <laughs> who's going to die in a few scenes? I wonder who she'll choose. Well, and it's also like, okay, so I see what you've done. There's now a metaphor of all of these people. Like, it's the next generation. There's all these people. They're cousins, though. They're all cousins. They're all cousins, which obviously old-timey England loves that shit. They're like, ooh, <laughs> romance material. <laughs> Um, oh god yeah and uh but so, to be fair to them there's literally no one else on the planet true so. exactly that's why nelly has to work with these guys because she's like well we're the only human beings in the world so <laughs> so i like honestly don't know that i can go into a great deal of detail of this because i did not enjoy this part of the movie oh no it was so twisted and nasty so it's one of those like imagine like you know how there's the villains being like here's my plan and it's like so convoluted that you're like 
Why was that your plan? Mm -hmm. Like, that's Heathcliff's plan. Mm -hmm. He's like, I'm going to manipulate everyone. And then at the exact right time, this person's going to die. And then this person's going to die. And then this is going to happen. And I'm not going to actually murder anyone. I'm just going to kidnap some people. Yeah. No. Okay. So the long and short of it real quick is with very good reason Catherine's dad is like don't go there that guy's fucking messed up and he's the worst i forbid you to go there but then in a really creepy scene heathcliff is like talking so creepy talking out loud like dictating this love letter to Catherine, which then it pans over to show that like his son is writing it down as if it's his love letter and who knows if that's implying that the son's like i actually do like Catherine, and i want to write something and he's like i will tell you what to say or if in a classic manipulation move he's like son you will write this girl a love letter and this is what it will say <laughs> just like either way well, and it kind of like the way the letter starts and the way that they frame it was kind of interesting in that like it's showing her but then it's cutting to him looking out the window that we know kathy breaks the window of later mm-hmm. and he starts it with kathy which like it's the same name as this person And then it's like the twist at the end is it's not a monologue he's giving to Kathy's ghost. It's a letter that his son is writing via his words to live Kathy. (laughs) Maybe this is just the way my mind goes. But I didn't think he was talking to the ghost of his dead lover. I thought he was literally being like, ooh, this girl looks just like the woman I used to love and has the exact same name. Fuck yeah, I'm going to move in on that. That's what I thought. So that's just where my mind went. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. And no, and I think like... I also thought that when he once he left the room, I was like, gross, he's actually writing it to present day Kathy, like because he starts including some other things. And then he goes and then sign your name. And I'm like, oh, also gross. Like the whole thing is gross. So then Kathy gets this letter that's very romantic because Heathcliff can write a romantic letter. Mm-hmm. Um, and she goes to him and is like, hi, like I had to sneak out because my dad wanted me. And then her sickly cousin's like, cool how are you and she's like what the fuck you just wrote me this super romantic letter and i snuck out here to be with you and you seem lukewarm about me being here and then he cliff comes out like a super villain and is like that's because i made you be here and you're kidnapped now <laughs> locks the door and at first you know she's just like haha what a funny joke i'm not afraid of you and like tries to get the key and he's laughing at her and then it gets real creepy and dark real fast he's like just so you he know beats her immediately yes, he's like you are in physical danger i will hurt you <laughs> and she's like oh god so brutal and so disgusting and so awful and i hate it i stopped understanding why he thought this was what he should do He's just on revenge. He doesn't care anymore. He's like, I'm going to hurt everybody and everything because I'm just mad and everyone has to suffer because I don't because I'm not happy because I'm not getting the toy I wanted. Yeah. And so he locks her in this room and he's like, you have to agree to marry my son um, so I can take everything from your family. And she's like, yo, my dad's dying and I have to go be there. And he's like, wouldn't it suck if you didn't say yes to what I want? And then you never got to see your dad before he dies. So she says yes to marrying the son and he releases her and she goes to see the dad. And he's like, oh, God, did you marry that dude? And she's like, I did. And he's like, I'm dead. (laughs) And dies. Um, and that's the noise he makes 100% Piper nailed the impression yeah it was just like that (laughs) and then a bunch more convoluted things happen that results in her husband immediately dying and then she becomes sort of bitter and crazy um, and her and like not son cousin Mm -hmm. but same as Heathcliff cousin scullery maid cousin scullery maid cousin (laughs) (laughs) have like a moment of like 
hey, I hate you. Like, don't be nice to me after this, which like fair. Yeah, totally. Totally fair. Mm -hmm. And then he later is like, I'm so mad at you. Like, I'm always helping you with your chores and stuff. And she's like, I didn't know you were doing that. And he goes, well, you should have just known. And then (laughs) Nice guys always finish last. And then she sees him like adorably feeding a baby lamb outside of her window. And she's like, oh, maybe he's nice. I like him now. Which he totally just like sat in front of her window and is like feeding a lamb. He's like, hopefully she'll see this and think I'm a nice guy. See, I can be gentle and sweet. And then, like, (laughs) Nellie and Heathcliff have a very convoluted conversation about, like, what is he doing? Because, like, Nellie sort of get the vibe from her that she's like, this is dumb and bad. Mm -hmm. Like, what you're doing is fucking nuts. Well, it's also so fascinating because, like, she's, like, working for the family now because he owns, like, all the property and just took her on or whatever. Mm -hmm. But he's literally having a moment where he's like, I should go out and, like, murder that guy, right? Shouldn't I commit more murders? And she's just, like, trying to appease the insane criminal, (laughs) like, she has to live with and being like um let's change the subject to not murder though wouldn't that be nice well and she sort of does this like has any of this made you happy Mm -hmm. like why would you think more murder would make you happy yeah and that's bizarre like the whole thing is so bizarre yeah so and i again i don't know why i'm fuzzy on the end details but uh... i think it was because i cared less (laughs) (laughs) i just i literally the thing i said the most in the back half of this movie was what is happening? Like, tell explain to me what is going on. Mm-hmm. Um, he calls a lot of people sluts, even though he's the one force kissing them. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just brutal and terrible, and he does nothing redeeming to my mind. Um, and then after we like get back to the beginning of the story when the ghost was there and no one will go into the room, and he says, Kathy, will you come with me? And she gives him this look like, go fuck yourself. Um, And he's like, oh, that's right. I guess like I've never done anything nice to you. And he (laughs) says it like that's like, he says it like that's him being bitter. And I'm like, no, that's a fact. You've never done anything nice to her. Mm -hmm. So he goes into this room alone. There's a scene of like, and then they were together in death. That's right. And I'm like does not deserve cool no yeah because he goes in there and there's like a first he sees the ghost of like little Catherine, little kathy which is like ew don't see her as a child and then i know he remembers her from the good old days when they were children but still this guy's done nothing but be a creep so i don't want to see him with a little girl alone in a room ick and then yeah opens the doors big glowy lights goes to find her continue and then i love that um they cut back to nelly going to check on him because um, she's the only grown up in this whole situation. <laughs> and there's this moment where it's like a big reveal that he's dead in that little room. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, were we not supposed to know he was dead in that little room? Like, that's what happened. He died in there. He literally took the hand of his ghost love. And they're like, we're going to be together forever. And then Kathy and... um, Scullery Maid? Like, new Kathy and Scullery Maid ride off on horses into the distance. And they're happy together. (laughs) Oh, my God. So that's Wuthering Heights. Fucking wild, guys. Very wild. Um, I think this definitely falls into cool scary dark tragic romance not so much yeah i am rooting for these guys i love this romance yeah it was always it was i knew it wasn't going to be something you were rooting for i knew it was going to be wild but like i didn't want to know what was going to happen i wanted to have the experience of like what the hell yeah (laughs) 
Um, I am curious. I re- this is we say this at the end of every episode, and we do still have to do our ratings. Mm-hmm. But um, I am truly curious as to what you guys think about our first impressions of this. Mm-hmm. I really want to know, like, does this adaptation miss certain subtleties that, like, do you really, do you really and truly, are you a Heathcliff apologist? Because <laughs> I know we got a lot of Rochester apologists. Are there Heathcliff apologists? I'm certain there are. But again, it'd be interesting, yeah, to have the context of the novel and other versions to be like, okay, but how intense, like, does the baby bird murders and regular female abuse, is that a thing? Is that canon? (laughs) I would need to, I would need to like this story more to commit to reading the book. Oh, yeah. But um, we can talk about maybe watching more versions of this. (laughs) Okay, I by the way, I have to say, I didn't know the details of all the other like options that you put out there. So when I saw uh-huh. the poll and the thumbnail, in which case one of the people who plays Heathcliff is Tom Hardy. And like in it he's got this bad wig and these big kissy lips and I'm like, "What? Bane? What? Mad Max?" That one is like, "Oh my god." That one is a mini series. Oh no. Um that is very popular. And then the second most popular one was the two. I really want to watch the 2011 one if we're going to watch another one. But you guys let us know if you want us to watch more of this. Just know that we would only do it because we love you. I would never watch this again if it was just for me. <laughs> so that decision is up to you all. But let's do a rating. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to go first? Um, yeah. And I'm going to talk through this because I don't actually have something figured out just yet. So even though okay. the story is like... Like, I don't approve of the guy. I thought, I mean, it was a beautiful film. It was well acted. It was very spooky and cool. I think I'm going to give this a solid 8 out of 10. I will say 8 out of 10 dirty scullery maids. Because I don't know what else to say. (laughs) If I was rating this purely based off of my enjoyment, how much I liked the film and the story and like just like a... How does how what is how does Lillian feel about Weathering Heights? Mm-hmm. I know that there's more quality to this. On a Lillian specific scale, it would be a three. Yeah. It was rough. Yeah. But I do think that there's more things to consider. I think it's a good movie. I think there's probably there it's an interesting story that they did some big leaps. So I'm gonna bring it up to a five. Cool. Yeah, it's sort of wild for me. It's just sort of a wild. Oh, it's a little too wild for Lillian. <laughs> and you know what? I think this may be, now that we have the context of all of this about kind of how dark and violent it is, I mean, maybe that's one of the reasons why, since Jane Eyre doesn't have nearly as much violence and like sadness, maybe that's why Wuthering Heights isn't adapted a bazillion times the way Jane Eyre is. Wuthering Heights has been adapted a lot. Yeah. Not as much as Jane Eyre, but it has been adapted a lot. Well, I'm not saying it hasn't been adapted a lot, but it's just like not as no. much as Air Buds. I mean, yeah. Jane Eyre. As Airbuds. Yeah. Airbuds has been adapted so many times. You guys, so many people also do a podcast like this. I know. We've just inspired so many people. I'm going to call it uh, five out of 10 uh, little birds in a bird's nest. Cute. Alive. <laughs> that these ones are alive. Yay. These ones are not dead. Hooray. <laughs> okay. Um, Lillian, what's up for next week? This, we are recording this early because Peak Levy's getting married, you guys. Yay. We're still on summer hours. 
The next episode will be our last summer hours episode. It is going to be a special surprise we're going to finally release uh, that is currently only available for Patreon members. NPR special is what I keep calling it. I don't think trademark wise we can call it that. No, it's the the Rochester Radio Hour. (laughs) Rochester Radio Hour is what it's actually named, (laughs) but it's very good. She has songs and little intros and all this stuff. We are still figuring out technology wise how to get that out. So we're sure it will be available on Spotify, but we'll have to see if we can get it available on other platforms. So that will be coming out on the 4th of September. And then the two weeks after that, we will be returning for our regular cadence. We'll be back to normal hours um, starting at the end of September. So we appreciate you guys giving us this time. We have both had – there's these things. It's so wild that we have – they're called lives. Mm -hmm. Um, they're full of it's stuff. It's kind of crazy. It takes up time. We both had a lot of stuff in them. <laughs> uh, Peak Levy's wedding is the easiest one to to nail it on. But I also like <laughs> got a new job and a pretty girlfriend and stuff. So yeah, you know, we're just out here thriving. It's great. But we're excited to come back and give you more of this content because we do love yes. it. Yes. We do love you guys. It has been so much fun to put this stuff together. And it's gonna be I am gonna come back to Jane Eyre like Usually we leave palate cleansers and I'm like, I wish we could do more palate cleansers. I'm, I've never been more excited to return to Jane Eyre. <laughs> oh, I missed her <laughs> and her normal amount of insanity. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was very interesting to think about the difference between Cassie and Jane because they are yeah. unbelievably different characters. They would have hated each other. Oh, yes. Yeah. So very curious to think about that. Um, But if you want to get early access to the Rochester Radio Hour, you can contribute to our Patreon. We've got other cool stuff there, including fun games and quizzes, behind the scenes, photos, videos. Um, Lillian does lengthy, beautiful video versions of some of our episodes. So there's all kinds of really cool stuff. And you have more influence when we do do our polls. Everyone only gets one normal point you're special if you give us money you give five points so you know money has a uh, privilege but um, as with anything in the world so yeah. yeah and it's not a lot of money yeah, um although dollars. we we have different tiers and we wonderfully have a new patron that we have to thank and she is a jane <gasps> Uh, AKA the best kind of person. Yay. So Bonnie, thank you for joining us. We appreciate you. And we will be continuing to thank you for as long as you stay our Jane. Thank you, Bonnie. We love you. So uh, with that, we have other ways you can talk to us if you don't want to give us money. I guess that's fine. Um, <laughs> but you can follow us at AirBuzz across all of social media. Please tell us what you think of this story because I've been avoiding what people think of this story so I didn't get spoilies. And now I want to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we want to hear. So message us on social. Send us lengthy emails with your uh, Heathcliff apology notes. Um, <laughs> we are AirBuds at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you guys and chat with you. And yeah, otherwise, um, leave us a five-star review. Tell us about your favorite castle in the middle of nowhere and where you want to go see ghosts forever. So we love you guys. That's pretty much it for this episode. But we'll see you next time for more Jane Eyre reading and watching. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.